Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I am Carson. And as promised, we are here this week with something of your brainchild. This is this is your doing. We are <laughs> here to talk uh, the scenario of what would happen if Nick Cage was locked in a demonic Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's on tap for today. Good old Willie's Wonderland. That's all you really need to know, right? I mean, I'm not selling this in any other way, shape, or form other than saying this is Nick Cage in a demonic Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, no. sold. Let, let's Go. watch. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the new Mortal Kombat trailer that came out. Yes. Yes, I'm excited for this one. Didn't think I'd be uh, be that high on this until I saw the first trailer. Um, I, I felt pretty good about it just because I think it was like four or five years ago or something. Somebody did like a spec short film for it and i thought like okay that that looks like it was entertaining so i kind of had been wondering when a mortal Kombat movie was gonna was gonna come out but is this related to that i don't know if it's related to it i would say that maybe that little short film helped get this made because maybe i remember it creating a lot of buzz online people were like "Ooh, that's kind of cool like a dark gritty realistic mortal Kombat." and then uh, i'm guessing conversations kind of happened that was like okay yeah this caught a little bit of buzz let's see what we can do here and but I'd have to go look it up and see when that was. That was a while back. I think Michael Jai White was in that trailer, if I remember right. That sounds right. Yeah, he does. So that's some, what we some stuff get like on that. tap. Yeah, we got some some Mortal Kombat that's coming out. I think what April on HBO Max. So we'll talk about it a little bit now, and we'll cover it when it comes out. Yeah. The first, I wanted to to uh, apologize and thank those for participating in our giveaway. Uh, sorry that we we ran out of of uh, our tickets and downloads uh, for those that we're trying to get. Uh, we hope to have more soon uh, for more random movie that uh, that gets sent our way. Yep. If we get more, we'll definitely be doing more giveaways. I'm hoping we get more. Um, it's the first time we've gotten a giveaway, so let's just hope that that keeps going. Yeah, we had tickets to Judas and the Black Messiah, and then we had the download for Barb and Star. Yes, which I have not watched yet. You did not watch yet? No. um, I got to say I'm intrigued, though, because there's some people raving about it, and there are some people just absolutely thrashing it. So it's one of those where it feels like it's going to be one end or the other. Well, I hope um, those that got the download are ones that would rave about it. (laughs) Yeah. You you don't don't want... You don't ruin somebody's free gift with a bad movie. Uh, well, I mean, you could look at it that way, or you could look at it as maybe because it's free, they had low expectations, right? I mean, we, we've talked about this a little bit before. You you drop you know fifty bucks as a family to go see a movie. Uh, you know, you want it to be somewhat decent. You get something for free that you're just flipping through on. It's the Netflix effect, right? Like when we talk <laughs> about Outside the Wire, it's like okay, it's on Netflix, so I mean, I'm already looking at like you know two stars ish. So maybe somebody just went into it thinking, hey, man. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe they gave away so many digital codes. Like, can we do some analysis where we tie the who got free digital codes to Barb and Star to their enjoyment of said movie versus who paid for Barb and Star and their enjoyment of that movie? This is so much more funnier 
because it's free. Or I would say not not more funnier. It, it's uh, it's less funny because I paid for this. Is that I mean, where I you're think, going? I, well, I think so sometimes, right? Because like if you're halfway through a movie that you paid to go to and it's not really getting like, God, I'm, I'm wasting my time sitting here. I waste my money paying for this ticket. Whereas if you just catch it for free on a download or free on Netflix, like you're, you know, your expectations just shift a little bit, I think. Okay. So there, there's free and then there's a you want a prize free. Right. You know, does, does that change? Because Netflix free, it's, oh, it's, okay, it's open to anybody. But, but, but if you win free, like this is, yeah. a, is it that much better? Does it help? Help you a little bit more? I don't know. Maybe we can have some of our listeners who got free codes let us know what they thought about <laughs> Marvin Star and whether they liked it or didn't, or whether they were affected by the fact that it was free or not. Well, spoiler, it, it, well, I'll just say it was not my favorite movie. <laughs> it didn't seem like a Carson movie. <laughs> it did not. It got real weird real fast. Let's just put it out. So if you have expectations going in, it, it gets weird quickly. I mean... It kind of looked like that from the trailer. I thought, like, no, it, it, no, the, no, the, no. I mean, the trailer. It's a different movie than what's in the trailer. Let okay. me just. I was that opening like scene. You'll know this, so there's no spoilers here. Opening scene, you'll you'll immediately know that this is not what was in the trailer. Okay. So, I gotta but, say, I'm even more intrigued now. Maybe I'll watch it this week. Well, good. Well, good. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get on to what we were actually here to talk about. Let's start with Mortal Kombat. Um, one thing that jumped out to me in the in the trailer for this was either this movie is going to have a lot of fighting, like a lot of fighting, or we saw all of the fighting in the trailer. Because that, that's kind of all the trailer is. I think the former. I think they... I think this group, whoever made this, and I, I didn't even look it up, um, understands what Mortal Kombat is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they released a Red Band trailer first just shows you that they understand what Mortal Kombat is. Yeah. I mean, we just live in a different era. When this came out in the 90s, it was just the, the thought was video game movies, kids, right? Like you you have yeah. to make it accessible. And which is funny because at the time, I mean, I don't know if you remember this or not, but like it, it was like a big controversy to have this game in arcades. Like parent groups were flipping out, you know, the same people that flip out about putting uh uh, parental advisory labels on CDs. These are the same people that like didn't think anybody should be playing Mortal Kombat. Like the fact that it came out, I think when it came out on Super Nintendo, I, I thought there was like, you, did did you have to do a code to turn on like some really extra bloody mode? Like, that I just remember there being a lot of talk about Mortal Kombat and how violent and bloody it was. So then when they made the movie, they skewed it towards kids probably because they thought, oh, adults don't want to go see a, a video game movie, and it just changed the whole dynamic of the of the movie. Yeah, uh, I had it on Sega, actually. Um, I didn't have the Super Nintendo. I was okay. Sega Genesis. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, that, I mean, Mortal Kombat was the, the, the poster child for video game violence. I mean, that's yeah. what they kept showing of, like, really, this is what we're showing our kids. This guy just pulled his spine out of this other, this other right. guy's body. And so yeah. that, uh, all the fatalities, all <laughs> the blood. Um, and so they got a lot of, a lot of black for that, but then you you mentioned the movie came out and people making the movie. I think it's kids play video games, video yeah. game movie for kids. Kids can't see a rated R movie. Let's make this, you know, like you said, accessible. Yeah. Um, now they have a hey, all those kids that played this on their Segas and Super Nintendos are grown up and they want to see their characters get right. get bloody with. Them. And so that's that's where I think we are now, and that's that's perfect for this this movie this game well yeah 
I I am very happy. Like, so I looked up the director, and I don't think he's really done anything. I mean, it looks good though from the trailer. Like, it doesn't it doesn't feel straight to DVD or feel B level or anything like that. It actually feels like a really good, well crafted movie. Um, I really like the cast. I, I, there's some guys in there that I recognize. Um, Louis Tan, who was in um, Woo Assassins with Iko Vice, and then Into the Badlands, which I watched a few episodes of. I think you would probably recognize him as Shatterstar from Deadpool 2. Yep. For like the little bit he was in there. Both, both minutes of, of Shatterstar. Yeah. Um, so Joe Taslam is another guy who's in there. He's playing Sub-Zero. He's from The Raid and The Night Comes for Us. So I'm already, you know, you're already at a four star just because he's, uh-huh. in it. yeah, yeah. But and then they add on um, Hiroyuki Sonata, which is he's playing Scorpion, but he's the guy from Last Samurai and the guy in Endgame that confronts uh, Ronan out in the the rainy street. Yeah, so that guy takes him down though. Were you he, he does take him down. That? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wanted that guy in more stuff. I like that guy. He's been in a lot of movies that I like. One because it was Hawkeye. Yeah. Two because you like, and then all just perfect storm of. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm uh, I'm pumped. I mean, then like you mentioned the violence. I mean, in the trailer alone, we get uh, Sub Zero ripping Jax's arms off. We get Sub Zero stabbing a guy with his own frozen blood. Like it's, I, I mean, it's talk, what we want. Talk about the creativity that they used for Sub Zero in the trailer. Like if yeah. there aren't like ten other different things, I hope they didn't use all all the stuff. But yeah. the first the first scene is him freezing the gun, you know, as yep. it's firing. And then ripping, like he's freezing his arms and ripping his arms off. And then you have him with a blood knife like that. Like who, who thinks of that? I'm going to slice him open. And as his blood is spewing out of his body, freeze that blood and use that as a knife to finish him off. Like how, like, is that in the game? I know there's been, I don't think so. Many different versions of uh, Mortal Kombat since I stopped playing games. Right. Um, so maybe maybe some of these are in there, but that I'd never seen that before, and I was blown away. And I part of me wishes that that was in the movie where I could get on here on the pod afterward and say, oh, my God, that scene was awesome. You know, yeah. But also, uh, I am so amped now for this movie because of that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the answer to your question. I read online that that is not something that's been in the games, that that's – knew something so that that's nice that they're able to go outside the box and find something creative to do that wasn't uh straight from the game i probably haven't played a mortal kombat game since like mortal kombat 3 so i'm you know vaguely familiar with the characters i, I have a decent understanding of who they are I, I don't really know who's supposed to be good guys and bad guys in, in the game or not like i think from what i remember like scorpion was kind of good as it relates to sub-zero if i remember right and so it's going to be interesting to see how they break that out because they don't really give you that. The only person that they tell you that might be good would be Jack, Sonya, and this Lewis Tan guy who's not even playing a character from the game. So it's like I was trying to piece together who's good and who's bad. I mean, obviously Goro is bad, and so uh, that that was my <sighs> Goro yes. looked bad. Yeah, he looked yeah. bad, and, and I and I like I like him in the game, um, but they they did not have the budget, I guess, well, for Goro. I was going to ask you, do you think? Okay, we're not huge Mortal Kombat fans, and I don't know how many huge Mortal Kombat fans there are, but is the risk-reward on Goro, right? Yeah, that, like, that's what just about. If you don't have the butt, take him out. Take him yeah, out, I mean, and if there's a sequel, bring him in the sequel. Yeah, I mean, are people really going to be mad, though? Because like, that's the one guy who... I, I shouldn't say the one guy. I mean, Mortal Kombat has many, many iconic people. I mean, Johnny Cage isn't in this, 
So they yeah. were okay leaving somebody like Johnny Cage out, but like I don't I think I would have left Goro out. I think people would maybe understand like okay, you don't have to have the four-armed monster guy running around like let's just keep it with the humans or, you know, people-ish humanoids. What, whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, you got reptile in there, which the, he seemed to look okay. I don't know how, as far as once he's fighting and moving, but he looked more like practical effects. Like uh, where was reptile the, at? I don't know if I caught that one. Uh, didn't he get his heart ripped out by uh, Kano? That was a really quick shot. I don't know. I, I actually, I mean, he was he was. It looked like reptile, and as far as a reptile, so <laughs> okay. I guess it could have been just a generic something or other. Yeah, I mean, I was watching that, and it was kind of a dark scene when it happened i thought about rewinding it but i was like yeah we'll just keep going um <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah i mean there's there's a lot and they're picking from the later ones too obviously like some of the later games because i, I recognize some of the other characters that that weren't in some of the early games yeah and i i don't know many of those the last one i played was mortal kombat vs dc oh, okay whatever that actual title was uh, on was that Xbox. did that actually happen? I thought that was like uh, I thought that was Street Fighter versus DC. No, it's more common. I ha- I have it. Uh, we oh, bought it. Wow. At, we bought it at one of the reused game stuff for like five bucks. Nice. Um, but the, the wife the wife enjoys Mortal Kombat. That's one of her her video game Mario uh, World and Mortal <laughs> Kombat. You know, so that's those are her two mix. games. I know. Yeah, she's she's, she's a weird one. I've but, always uh, been terrible at fighting games, so I, I tend to kind of. I mean. I, I'm fine as a normal person, but then uh, one of our friends is really good at them, and every time we play them, he he beats me bad. So like whenever we go to the arcade, he he works me over. I try. Yeah, I'm I'm no good at fighting games either because I just like to to hack and attack, and then all of a sudden they're firing, you know, all sorts of stuff across the screen. I can't get to them. So yeah, I I'm a. I'm a Wolverine, you know, Hulk type. Let's let's get in and close and cut or beat, you know, and they're firing stuff and I can't can't get there, you know? Yeah. I get it. I get it. I, I can do all the moves. I just there's some extra gear I think people who are good at those games can go to and whip out the combos really fast and all that kind of stuff, and that's just not my not my strength for some yeah, reason. The combos actually hurt my game because I'm sitting there trying to do something <laughs> yeah. that they're doing and I can't I can't get it down and yeah so I avoid I avoid most of those but but we do play every now and then it's been a while but we uh we'll bust out DC versus <laughs> Mortal Kombat yeah I need to but, give that a shot that actually sounds like it'd be kind of fun honestly the it new is. I remember playing Marvel versus Capcom back in the day um yeah so that that's yeah. where you got like the you know Spider-Man versus like Ryu or something like that from Street Fighter. Yeah. So I guess they yep. just did the opposite now that I think about it. So instead of Street Fighter basically versus Marvel people, it's Mortal Kombat versus DC people. Correct. Interesting. Okay. I didn't I didn't think I know that existed, but it makes sense that it would now. It exi- you, you can come on over. We can we can <laughs> we can play. We can hack it. We can uh button smash <laughs> all the Button day smash, yes. <laughs> you guys haven't done one combo in five rounds. The, the good news is one of us has to win. <laughs> yeah. You can draw though, I think, in uh old school Street Fighter. They have I don't a timer? Know about Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and I think you can actually like knock each other out at the same time, if I remember right. Oh, that's lame. Yeah, it would be lame. Yeah. Okay. Um where are you at on Mortal Kombat then? Like what what are you thinking rating wise? Where do you think you're gonna be at? I was much higher until I saw Goro. Uh, so it showed me where their budget actually is. But I, I feel like that's just going to be one that I'm now prepared for. 
though going into it so i, I can i know the effects on him because he's 100 percent. he looked 100 percent cgi right mm-hmm. I, and so i feel like he's the only character that they're going to do that with is even reptile looked like practical effects but mm-hmm. again that was so fast i couldn't couldn't really tell so i think uh the rest of everything looked pretty good so uh if that's if that's my one thing going in then then, then i'm okay the rest of this looks looks really good and as far as the ancient tournament and the plot i that matters not to me in this movie like i how do you get them to fight you know and so it's just uh <laughs> whatever you got to do to get them to fight and it's all going to matter like like you mentioned on most of these movies is the choreography and so far what we've seen in the trailer i'm i'm in i think this is going to be a solid uh four star uh, uh, we're talking about mortal Kombat today because mm-hmm. the trailer just came out we're also doing our top five video game movies next week, mm-hmm. and I this will be the best video game made into a movie once it comes out. Yeah, I mean we're not the bar. That, that the bar and I haven't made my list yet, but <laughs> yeah. but the bar the bar is not very high. But I, no. I have a few, but this this should surpass everything that we've seen today. I'll be interested to see if the original Mortal Kombat makes one of our lists because while I don't think it's a good movie, I like it a lot better than Street Fighter. Well, that's a discussion that we'll have for next week. Yeah. Tune in. I I would say I'm probably between like, it is going to have a wide berth, man. I mean, I don't think you could deny that this could go as low as a two. But I also don't think you could deny that this would go, it could get up to a four. Like if it's it's done really, really well. So I, I, as kind of lame as that is, I I think video game movies have a certain, um, they carry some, some baggage. So you have to kind of understand that this could go south really fast, but if you can break through and it becomes less of a video game movie and more of a, just a good blood sporty, let's have a lot of fights, you know, going on tournament style movie. Because like, I agree with you. Like, I don't really care about the plot, but you got you got to do enough to, to get it going. But you also have to be smart about it and not have it be really, really stupid for like the 5% that you are doing it right. Like, I agree with you. Like, hey, there's a tournament. We all got to go fight. Like, let's not let's not dive into the details about what's at stake here and who the players are in the chess game and all that stuff. Like, that's good enough. I know we need to go fight. So then, just show me lots of fights. It's a question. If you're making this movie, do you even need a tournament, or do you uh, essentially have your your good guys, bad guys, and then kind of pair them off and fight one another throughout the movie? I don't know. I. I do kind of think that you need to keep it at the tournament. I mean, that's like the core of what Mortal Kombat is, is this tournament. I feel like, you know, Karate Kids had a tournament. Uh, Bloodsport has had a tournament. It can be done. You have to work it into the right way. But just, and and obviously what we would say is like with Bloodsport, the best part of Bloodsport is the tournament. With Karate Kid, I mean, one of the best parts of Karate Kid is the tournament. You know, so like, you're telling me I might get a whole movie of a tournament? Like, yes, okay, cool. But, like, just make sure it, it works in a way that makes sense. So, like, the quest. You want it to work like the quest. Well, the quest is basically Bloodsport, right? I mean, it's not as good because it doesn't have the right characters and the right story and the right, you know, it, there's no Chong Lee, there's no Frank Dukes, you know, there's no Ray Jackson. Everybody they put in there is just a bunch of scrubs you don't care about. And they tried to make it, like, a 1920s old-timey. I, like, it's just... You know, not gonna. Happen. Is that the plot? Was that not the same as the first Mortal Kombat movie? In the quest? oh, I don't know. I always thought it was similar to just Bloodsport. It's been I probably haven't seen the Quest in twenty five years. I feel like Bloodsport tried to have 
another layer of plot. And the quest just went straight to tournament. Yeah, and but again, it's all about execution. If it's not as good, then you know you're not going to remember it. So I I say you just keep the tournament and you go all in. I don't need to. I don't need all the other stuff. So you're saying we need to watch the quest again? No, <laughs> ideally not. I mean, I honestly would be okay with it. Like maybe they do something more creative where like instead of trying to like formulate it into a, a movie with like a narrative and stuff, like maybe you just truly embrace the like tournament concept and you know, make it more of this, like, Hey, it's just a tournament. Like here's round one. We're going to go over here and watch these two guys. Like, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what you could like push the boundaries of and get away with. Yeah. Uh, and as you were, you were mentioning that I thought of what if you just started in the tournament? Yeah, like, exactly. Like you, you don't know why these people are coming together initially. We don't need a big lead up into, you know, everybody's backstories before they get there. You can kind of tell that throughout, but you're just there. Yeah. Like it's just known that you're you're fighting in this yeah. tournament to the death. Or you do some like Tarantino chapter style things where like maybe you show one fight and like maybe you cut then back to like how Jack's got his arms ripped off at some point. But I will say one thing I hate is like Star no. Wars is notorious for this, but right when you get into a fight and you cut away from it, like that's the worst thing you could do. But I'm just saying like maybe there's some clever narrative stuff you can do to where like everything's built around the tournament, but you kind of like sidestep out of it every once in a while to get whatever pieces of knowledge you might need. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I like the jumping back in time stuff, but I did want to see Jax lose his arms to sub zero and give him <laughs> yeah. a little motivation there. Yeah. That I was surprised that they went there, but Hey, red band trailer, anything goes, or maybe that was last year's tournament. And then he shows him yeah. ripping his arms off. And then this year he comes back with these, <laughs> you know, these giant mechanics. Even better. Maybe better now. <laughs> Joke's on you. All right. Uh, you want to move on to Willy's Wonderland? Let's do some, some Willy's Wonderland. All right. I'll just give the quick rundown real quick of this gem. When his car breaks down, a quiet loner agrees to clean an abandoned family fun center in exchange for repairs. He soon finds himself waging war against possessed animatronic mascots while trapped inside Willy's Wonderland. Directed by Kevin Lewis, stars Nick Cage, Beth Grant, who was in No Country for Old Men and Donnie Darko, and Emily, I think it's Tosta, we'll say that. Um, so we'll start spoiler-free like we normally do. Uh, it... It was what the trailer was. I will give them credit for that. <laughs> it's an honest trailer. Yeah, it wasn't misleading. Um, in fact, I can't really think of any. It, it didn't. Uh, it didn't sugarcoat anything. It didn't give me an impression about the movie or the quality of the movie that was wrong. I actually feel like if you watch the trailer, that's an accurate representation of what you'll get in the movie. And, and you were, we talked about this last week uh, in our little teaser about what we thought after watching the trailer. Um, you thought maybe Nicolas Cage was a, hey, just get you to come buy a ticket. And then uh, he might not, he might be absent through the rest mm -hmm. of the movie. And, you know, he was front and center. Uh, he was front and center, but I will say his his screen time ratio was probably... A little bit lower than what like a top billing in this kind of movie. Like he's not in every scene. He's not. He's the focal point story wise. I'm not sure he's the focal point screen time wise. I feel you like he's in like fifty percent of the movie. You just said that, 
and my mind went immediately to National Treasure. And was he in every scene in National Treasure? <laughs> well, no. I guess I should say no actors be, be, in because every... because I think he might be. Is, is what I'm going with. Like I no, don't even think not. we had an aside to where we <laughs> we saw somebody else talking about something where Nick no, Cage there, wasn't. There's a Trevelyan. Uh, is out there. Ned Stark, he's out in some scenes with his guys where he, where Nick Cage is involved. Harvey Keitel's guys. I mean, I've watched it. There, there's some scenes with just uh, Diane Kruger and the other guy. So I mean, but wasn't course, wasn't Nick Cage right there in all those? Uh, he's he gets he gets off on a tangent a couple times in that movie where he's going and chasing something over here and the other team's doing something else. So you do get those, but, and I didn't mean to imply that Nick Cage has to be in a hundred percent of the scene. That's not, that's not how it works. I'm just, no, saying I, I was just, as you said that I thought of, we, we recently saw national treasure and I couldn't think of a scene without yeah. him in or around that, that area. Right. It's like, I get like, there wasn't a cutaway and we're going to talk about these characters. Like it was, it was him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, he's clearly the star of the movie. He's in more than half of the shots. It's just he didn't dominate screen time-wise. I think he dominates presence-wise, but not necessarily screen time-wise. But it's not something where you're going to feel clearly, I was saying, like, maybe they're doing a rope-a-dope and he's only in 10 minutes. It's not that. You, 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 get, you get your fill of Nick Cage. If that's what you're coming for. I mean, I think that's what you've got to be coming here for, right? <laughs> like, I mean nobody else really sells this movie like Nick Cage. Like you just throw some random actor in. It's like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But then you go, okay, Nick Cage with animatronic demons. Yeah. Okay, fine. That, that adds up. I'll watch. I'll watch. So the highlight of this movie, spoiler free for you Mm -hmm. was what? Um, I mean, it was, it, it was what they did with Nick Cage's character. That was the highlight for me because I think there was a lot of questions going in about. I think just like every movie nowadays, there's a lot of questions about Nick Cage. Like, what's the guy going to do in this role? What's he going to do on the screen? You know, and I thought we alluded to something at the end, and I don't want to really mention it now because we're spoiler free. But we we alluded to something at the end of the podcast last time that I thought would be really cool, uh, and and they 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 did this. And it was an aspect of his character that I liked that they did that with. So the highlight for me has to be Nick Cage and how they handled his character. Because everything else is very, very B-level, right? It's not a scary movie. It's kind of just a occasionally bloody uh, generic horror movie. Like some of the things that they do with the plot. Um, I mean, it was mentioned here that they're possessed animatronic mascots. You don't really know that going into the movie, but they went the possession route of like, say, Child's Play or something like that. Um, so the whole the whole thing for me revolves around Nick Cage. If that hadn't been Nick Cage and that had been somebody else, I mean, this is pro- or they had treated that character differently, I'm probably down at like a one and a half or a one for, from where I was. So where were you? I ended up giving it a two. Um because so of drops, how they hand- drops drops a whole whole half star with no Nick Cage. Well, it's it's a combo of Nick Cage being Nick Cage, but also how they wrote the character that gave it about a half star bump for me. I think is what I said when I when I put my review out there is like it probably is a one and a half, but what they did with his character, I liked the commitment to the idea, so I gave it a half star bump because of that. So I ended up at a two on this. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm. I was. I was at a two as well. Uh, a lot of which I will mention in the spoiler section, but I thought they weren't very creative uh, once they got going. Um, I had expected a little bit more from from the writers uh, of how they were going to do 
do certain things. I mean, you have, mm-hmm. um, you talk about, you know, the kills, you know, you know, all these teenagers coming in, you know, there's going to be, oh, you're, you're just bringing bodies into this, this thing. So people can get killed in weird in different ways. And I, I thought that there, it was very, uh, ho-hum, you know, yep. you, you mentioned it was very bloody at times, which I don't even think it really was. Uh, it was spotty with that stuff. Yeah, and and I thought in a movie like this that they would go over the top. Yeah, um, I thought it, I thought honestly that that's what they're going to lean on. They're going to lean on so much gore that like that's why you go watch this Nick Cage mm-hmm. and gore. Uh, but it, it really wasn't even that that creative. Once you have your okay, Nick Cage and a Chuck E. Cheese, like you said, and then that's as creative as they got. Yeah, and so that, that that was that was disappointing for me, and so I thought we'd have they'd have more fun with with everything throughout the. Movie. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I thought that here's my thing: if you there's six ish animatronic things in this in this movie, seven, I believe, seven. Okay, you can stop the movie after the first two, right? You you you've seen it. After that, that was my problem is that exactly what you said. There was, there was kind of no creativity. They kind of didn't know where to go with it. Um, I was a little disappointed in, in a number of different things. One, what you mentioned, like I kind of figured like, I mean, this is really morbid, but like if you and I dreamt up ways of like making a Chuck E. Cheese scary or ways people can die in a Chuck E. Cheese, like I'm hoping <laughs> we could come up with a variety of different ways, right? But, I mean, we're not going to freeze blood and stab them with a blood knife because that right. wasn't ever up here. No. Which I, I wish, I wish I had that right. that ability, but I think we could definitely do better than. than yeah, that. but you're right. They they didn't really put a lot of thought into it, other than hey, Nick Cage versus the animatronic is going to sell this. The problem is that every animatronic fight feels the exact same, um, and on top of that, Nick Cage takes them down really easily. Like the way he takes them down is like if you applied the most basic thought to how you would beat an animatronic machine, like that's how he does it. But I, w- I kind of would have thought, well, if it's possessed and superhuman, it shouldn't be as easy to take down as it was. So there was just a, it lost its creativity at the r- precise wrong moment. At the moment when Nick Cage goes to fight these things, they kind of just didn't know what to do. And that should have been between that and how the teenage kids die. Those should have been where like the creativity was just popping off, but it, it wasn't. Yeah, when you get to a slasher film, you just don't want to see somebody get stabbed with the same knife, you know, in every scene. Yeah. You know, and so you, you know, oh, there's Jason, and he stabbed her. Yeah. And stabbed her in the stomach, and then she eventually dies. Oh, there's Jason, stabbed this guy in the stomach, and right. then he dies. And then, like, okay, Jason, let's, you know, yeah. mix it up. That's why you have him, you know, chop one guy's head off, you know, you right. throw break somebody's back in half you know so you're you try to get more creative with these things if you're if you're making a slasher horror type movie and that's what this was and and this time you had uh multiple bad guys you could kill in cool and creative ways and you had all these teenagers that you could kill in cool and creative ways and we got we got neither yeah well and you can go the route like you just mentioned of like you know the old school Michael Myers kind of way where the kills aren't all that good, but you then better make it be like really intense and scary and atmospheric around it so that that's the frightening part, not the killing. Right. But yeah. this, this was not scary. This was, I mean, nowhere even near scary. And then it wasn't creative or moody or anything on top of that. Cause like you said, you have seven different animatronic things. 
but there was nothing unique about any of them besides just the way they looked. Like, okay, one's a gorilla, one's a lady, one's a raccoon or whatever the hell they one were. One had a like, sword. Well, yeah, that one was weird. I don't remember <laughs> seeing that Viking guy or knight or whatever it was. I like didn't a Spartan remember... to me, but yeah. Yeah, okay. But I didn't remember seeing him until the scene he showed up in. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Right, like, no, I, I when agree. When they gave the backstory and everything, I was like, and that kind of doesn't really fit. I was like, okay, you have like animals, and then all of a sudden you've got a Spartan running around. Like... <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, it's just one of those things where they they had an opportunity. They got butts in the seat. I mean, I did look at other people's reviews. Other people seemed to enjoy it a little bit more than I did. I just felt like... I probably would have enjoyed it more knowing what this was now at like a short film, right? Like 30 or 45 minutes, but it, it's only an hour and a half. So it's not long, but it's just, the problem is that the last 45 minutes is just, you've already seen everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it definitely would. I mean, this had a ceiling, right? Sure. I, I, just the concept alone has a ceiling. I think it's hard to hard to break into uh, all time best movies, but it might be. Hey, this is a fun, this is a fun little uh, little romp here. You know that we can yeah. get some. It's, and so, I I had hoped that that's where we would have gotten, and unfortunately, we are. I I, I mean, I did. I was interested. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it still stayed at a two for me, but. Again, it's not something to rewatch because I felt I rewatched it as I was watching it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's certainly not worth a rewatch. So. so, I'm anxious to get to some spoilers here. Let's do it. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Spoilers. <laughs> All right. So the first place I am going to start then, because I think it's about the only thing I have to talk about that we didn't really touch on already, is what we talked about with Nick Cage. So you made a joke, I think, at the end of the last episode. You're like, do you think he's going to talk at all? And I think I was kind of like flippant about it. I was like, yeah, I hope they don't have him talk. Why, you know, why not? Let's do something. Kudos to them, man. He didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. And I like it. I mean, it, had he said one sentence, it would have ruined the whole thing. Because, I mean, there'd have been so much weighing on that one sentence. Like, what is he going to say? The fact that they kept his mouth shut the whole time, uh, genius. Because it, it just adds a wrinkle. I was okay with that idea, except for the paying for his repairs. Cause that's, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's so a little like, hard to get. Yeah. You know, so you can kind of ignore nod and go along with everything. But yeah. then when you're digging through, well, oh, no no card you know to not say anything during during that exchange i i felt like that was uh the guy could have said it up front uh no cash no card but like, that, that could have been a very easily succinct scene because it was uh no checks you know cash only if you don't have it maybe i have a guy you can help work it off and then just zoom in on nick cage's face and then also you're into the other scene yep. you know and so i that that part seemed forced. We're gonna f- find a real weird way to not have him talk, but um, yeah, I thought the rest of it. Yeah, I agree. Don't don't have him talk gone this far. Yeah, I, I like that they stayed committed to it. It's the one thing that 
kind of made Nick Cage interesting. I mean, there's a few things that make Nick Cage interesting. I mean, he was slamming these these sodas that they don't really explain. He had a soda addiction, but it's not like a can of Coke. It's some, you know, made up punch. So, yeah. So I thought we were going to get the, the interesting thing about it, though, is like he doesn't say anything. He drinks this pop. He plays pinball at awkward times. And he's got the, you know, his watch reminds him to go drink this soda. Or, and he like, he, he can't go fight until he does it. So you, your brain starts spinning about, okay, what is this guy? Who, who is he? Why is he like this? And it, it doesn't ever give you anything. It just kind of lets it all sit surface level, which I think was actually kind of fine. I, I thought that the reason he was doing that was because the owner told him to take frequent breaks. You know, oh, okay. It, but then it doesn't really make sense why he, why he is using that guy's um, words as law. Yeah. You right. know, I like, like that, that. That didn't tie together very well. Well, uh, and, and that would make sense in isolation, but there's one moment where him and the girl are getting ready to fight one of the animatronic things, right. and his watch goes off, and he just like legit walks out of the fight and goes and drinks some pop, plays some pinball, and then comes back. Right. So that to yeah. me was like, I don't know if they were trying to make it like a tick. I actually thought they were going to somehow tie in the pinball machine with, uh, I don't know, like how he was figuring out how to beat these animatronics or something like that because he, he spends time to clean up the pinball machine and he spends lots of time playing it and it was a Willy's Wonderland machine. So I thought maybe there was some kind of weird connection there that he was going, but no, he just was playing pinball. Pinball, slam his punch. Yeah. You know, I, and that was all weird. And It was. His cleaning methods odd. Yeah, you clear it. Just, I mean, I say that no, you know, we you get to movie critics like us. Nobody would do it like that, except that's how my wife cleans. You know, she'll clean like <laughs> half half of this this task, but then get distracted and clean over here and over here. You clean off this table, but not this table. You know, mm-hmm. my mind goes, you clean off all the tabletops, you know, right. at the same time. And then you move to this task and then you move to that. Leave the bathrooms for last because maybe time runs out. You know, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going in there to do that. But yeah. uh, but he was hopping around. I was like, you don't go to the kitchen first. You don't go to the bathrooms first. What are you yeah. thinking, Nick? See, I was more <laughs> laughing at when he was trying to get some of the graffiti off the bathroom. He was just like spraying and scrubbing. And I was like, oh, my God, do you know how long it would take just to spray and scrub like getting graffiti or sharpie off like i'm not what is this magical spray he's using that's getting this off it's willie spray i guess well i liked um, the uh uh we were talking when he was cleaning the bathroom it's like i really hope they made nick cage clean yeah. clean this whole bathroom for these scenes i'm scrubbing the toilet not quite there's, done nick <laughs> there's no way nick cage is doing that no way well and along those lines you know his little uh uh duct tape on his face mm-hmm when he got scratched in the first fight, when the 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 bird thing says, "I'm gonna feast on your face," yeah, <laughs> you know, and cuts him. Uh-huh. Um, I think 100% Nick Cage. That was Nick Cage's idea to put the duct tape on his face so he didn't Probably. have to sit there for 30 minutes for that scar. You know, <laughs> on whatever eight days that he was filming this movie. Yeah, I, I think that I think that was 100%. You know what? I'll tell you what. How about I just do this and then we're done with it. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it fits with the character too. And then he randomly duct taped up like his stomach and stuff like that. I'm guessing that was for like protection. Uh, I don't know if like the gorilla cut him and we just didn't yeah. see it um, or something. Because that yeah. fight with the gorilla in the bath and then all of a sudden he starts wrapping duct tape around him. And that I was like, I guess he's 
covering yeah. up a wound. That yeah, but then my he gets like, I guess, yeah, because he gets stabbed later and it doesn't really make any, it doesn't matter that he had duct tape on. But yeah, I was a little confused by that, but it just kind of added to the aura of Nick Gage in the movie to me. Yeah. So, I mean, the kills we, we talked about before, it was, he just beats him with a stick. Yeah. I mean, but, it, yeah. there was, there was nothing cool about any of it. I mean, you rip one's head off and you're like, okay. And then nothing. Yeah. Really nothing. No, and it wasn't cool either direction. Like the animatronics, when they were killing people, it wasn't anything cool. It was like a stab or a normal stuff. And then when he was beating them up, like I said, it was, you would think that you could do, you'd have to do more to beat up a possessed animatronic than just hit it with sticks, right? Like, yeah. so that, that's where the creativity just failed. Like it, it, the concept was there. They got all the chess pieces in the right position to be able to confront each other. And then right when it should like be the coolest, it became the lamest. So like you don't walk away from this going like, Oh, that was cool. That was cool. You walk away going, well, Nick Cage was cool, but you know, the fights were not good and there wasn't a lot of blood. And so, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the crux of the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. And so it was, I mean, I even liked the, uh, backstory, the possession backstory. I mean, even before that, you have all these serial killers that he's recruiting to run this children's. Right. You know, I, I liked all that, and I was in. And then, like you said, it's a child's play thing. You know, so, mm-hmm. okay, let's move to the animatronics, move our souls over there. But then why can they disappear and reappear? Yeah. You know, and so it was kind of mixing, like, are these ghost robots? Right. You know? And so well, that then they add the human sacrifice thing. wrinkle on there, too. So it's like they were checking off all the horror boxes, right? Like, <laughs> okay, we have a possessed thing. Cool. We have a human sacrifice. Okay, good. Yeah, but why why could the robots disappear? You I, know, and so that's that's where I had I was like, come on, be consistent well, here. These are possessed robots. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and I'll even go a step further, like why let them be able to get outside the building? You know what I mean? Like they're tethered it, to the building? Yeah, it felt yeah. like uh, that kind of I mean, not like it ruined things for me cuz like it's not that big of a deal, but I just felt like that doll one getting out and setting the car on fire at the end and then him hitting the one on the way out of town. It's like, I kind of felt like they should be trapped in the building and that's why we do the human sacrifice. We bring it to them. But I mean, at that point it didn't really matter. That was in the second half of the movie and we'd already seen everything anyways, but well, I mean, they had to have a reason to do the human sacrifice. Cause if you, if they couldn't leave the building, you just say, don't go in there, but they were killing people in the town and whatnot. Yeah, or so, so maybe if they did this, yeah, maybe if they did a sacrifice, then they wouldn't, they couldn't leave the building. I don't know. Is that some agreement. Yeah, I, but but no, it, I did not all, like that they left either. Yeah, it just got to like when he ran over that one out of town. I was like, okay, I mean, you just wanted your little funny little scene on the way out. So fine, you can have it, but it wasn't that good. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm thinking back to like the original Nightmare on Elm Street, like you know the waterbed scene where Freddy's claw comes up, like it should have been scary for somebody to be in the ball pits, right? Like you could do something with that where like you see the balls moving, like there's something under there that's going to come get you like a, a jaws ish thing in a ball pit. Like there's so many things you could do, but it just, the crocodile, like they didn't want to give that any thought. They had, huh? They had a crocodile. Yeah. In the ball they pit. Did have a, yeah. I, I, I would, I don't even remember what they had, honestly, like besides the Spartan and the bird and the weird looking lady, then they the had gorilla. like a frog. Or, they have a frog. Who was it that shot yeah, the tongue she, out? Yeah, she, the lady frog. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> stupid. Yeah. So, the uh, the kids. 
mm-hmm. right? The guy who played Bob, who eventually was sleeping with his girlfriend in the sacrificial oh. room. Yeah, he's from Cobra Kai. Yes. He, uh, he's on the right path of we don't need to go in there. There's people he's scared out of his mind. There's people dying in there. There's sacrifice. This guy died. We're not, not going in there. So once he's in there, okay, let's just go randomly explore. Like all of a yeah. sudden he, he lost all that once he was in the building. Like, at least stay consistent with your... Right. Like, like they go, oh, let's split up and find him. And he should have been the one. No, stupid. Let's not split up. You yeah. know, but he was, oh, yeah, let's go check out the sacrifice room when he should be the one, the last one to want to do that. He should yeah. stay. He should have stayed right in the middle. He, I guess he should have been the one that got stabbed by the, the Spartan guy because he refused to, to leave where, you know, the, the main area. Right. But, but I, did, I did not enjoy that. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, the writing was terrible. So the writing was very straight to DVD. The camera work quality of filmmaking i don't know it must just be like feature films can pay for nicer cameras or something because like you can visually tell that those cheap movies are made cheaper it it, like you know i'm saying like the the product on the screen has a different feel to it and this has all the makings of straight to dvd straight to cable streaming like that kind of shoddy feel to it and the writing just fell right in place because you're right there was the whole concept about the teens and then getting on the roof and then falling in and then their decisions in there. It's, it's so blatantly generic and there's just like, they clearly thought that the selling point was the animatronic fights. It's just, they didn't think that it was enough to warrant making it cool. They just kind of slapped it together and the rest of the writing is trash. Yeah. I'm, I percent agree with you. They, they left a lot on the table. They had a, they had a concept and, and they had an actor that would fit. Truly, yeah. and I mean, didn't uh, <laughs> they? They just either. I mean, he's he's willing to do a fight scene. I mean, mm-hmm. Nick Nick Cage may phone in some stuff, but I think he'd be willing to destroy stuff. Cool. I feel like he'd get his jollies off that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and their creativity was it was just, and that makes me angry. Actually, I want to give it a less rating because <laughs> they didn't try at that yeah. point. Well, I just think that if you and I were asked to make this movie, and we know nothing about making movies, we know a lot about watching movies, we don't know anything about making them, but I feel like if somebody presented this to me and you, the first thing we would do is sit down and whiteboard out the kills, right? Like, yeah, we'd be like, how are, how are they each killing each other? How are the animatronics killing the people? And how, are, how is Nick Cage or anyone else killing an animatronic? And that's our selling point, and that... Those have got to be cool because not, ev- nothing else matters. Because if people are watching the movie, they're already bought into this fact that this is going to happen. We sold them on Nick Cage versus animatronics. So we have to deliver on Nick Cage versus animatronics because if we do that, we could probably skate on some of this other stuff. And it's like they just didn't bother. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And that's it's, it's exactly and, what we would do if we, if we were presented yeah. this topic. To t- yeah, so to tie this back around to Mortal Kombat, it's the same thing. Mortal Kombat is being sold on the fights and the violence and the cool fatalities. If you don't deliver on those, people are going to walk away not happy, no matter how good the plot was or how good the acting or storyline is. 
But the relationship gonna... between Sonya and Scorpion, <laughs> like what? <laughs> right. It's got to be cool at the areas that you, you sold people on being cool and bringing it all back around. Willy's Wonderland did not did not execute on what should have been cool. You mean uh, like make a Wonder Woman movie where she doesn't be Wonder Woman? <laughs> right. Yes. Or you have this godlike creature that refuses to use any of her godlike powers yeah yes or, or the dreaded you know follow-up film where hey we got the gang back together and we're breaking them up because we all <laughs> wanted to see the gang together again because that's what we loved about the first movie but the rule of the second movie is you always break them apart and then what's everybody complain about at the end of the second movie well i really wish all the characters had been back together again yeah you think unless you bring one back that's been dead for 80 years into somebody else's <laughs> body right <laughs> All right, I'm running out of things to say. Me too. All right. I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? Let's go to favorite moment. What you got? Favorite moment was probably the first, uh, the bird. The bird that popped up in its face. Okay. And... I thought we were going to get clever little one-liners from each animatronic Should have been. thing. You're absolutely and right. You uh, know, east on your face. I mean, mm-hmm. that that that's in my in my head, and I was like, that's kind of creepy. It was a creepy looking bird thing. You know, I could see kids, you know, getting creeped out about this, and mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. But the rest left it there, and so yeah. that that was my. There, there's hope for this. You know, you beat you beat up the first one with sticks. Okay. You know, that's just how you beat the first one, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then when it became repetitive, it was no longer fun. Yeah. What about you? Um, I went with Nick Cage playing pinball. I, I I couldn't get away from Nick Cage not being my favorite moment because he was the best thing about it. And I liked the inclusion of the pinball stuff. I just thought it was kind of cool. But I also thought there was more to it. And I still like to think that maybe there is more to it. They just didn't write it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so I just kind of liked the whole vibe of him. You know, he drank pops, he cleaned, and he played pinball and didn't care what else was going on until it was time to go fight. So I just thought that was a nice, I thought he was quirky. And that was one of the quirkiest things he did. Um, so that's what I would go with. Which time? Like when any he was going nuts playing pinball? All, all of it. He, he went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he started dancing and doing some yeah. weird stuff. Yeah, that got. I mean, he had what eight, eight punches. Yeah, I mean that's just Nick that Cage point. being Nick Cage though. At that point, there's yeah. no way they wrote him to do that. He just started doing it. Okay, speaking of, do you think the guy had lines when it was pitched to Nick Cage? I don't know, maybe, but I mean, I could certainly see it being Nick Cage's idea to not talk, or I yeah, could I'm see them having this. written it. I'm not going to say a word. Okay, yeah. we'll go with that. We'll go yeah. with that. <laughs> I mean, he's made enough movies. Maybe he knows what the movie needed to at least make it be somewhat cool. At least if he'd been talking the whole time and had conversations with the teens, it would have been real stupid. And So, yeah, that was the one selling point for me. Okay. Um, if you had to change one thing, what would you change? I think we've, we beat that one to death. Yeah. Pun intended. Uh, <laughs> we just make the, make the kills. Yeah. Make the kills cool. I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's all you needed was make the kills cool. Yep. All right. Then our last one. If you like this movie, you would also like. Go for it. Obvious play here is maybe child's play just for the possession route. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more quirky. Uh, 
I think you'll be able to see, or like, it's kind of one of those, like, you'll know it when you see it. But uh, I'm going to go with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. Because I think okay. it's cheesy, sort of B-ish. You're, you're taking something that should be kid-friendly and clowns making it evil versus the animatronics from a Chuck E. Cheese making it evil. So I'm going to go with that. You know, it's funny. Is mine is so close to yours that it, it's just weird. I went uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you can kind of get a sense for where this movie is then. It's not... It's in that B-schlocky area. Yeah, which I, I will say I have not seen that movie in 25 years, but that's what I felt like when I was watching this, was Attack yeah. of the Killer Tomatoes. It fits. And, and, and I don't and know honestly, that I've ever seen uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. What? seen the box. I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, man, that was a staple of my childhood growing up. It was on like, the we, movie channel late at night. Which surprised me because you're terrified of clowns. Uh, it might have been partially where it came from. Although I've, I, although I've, I will say, and I have told you this before, clowns that are intentionally scary looking, like those guys in Killer Clowns, don't really scare me. It's the normal looking clowns that really bother me. <laughs> Poor guys. I know. Poor guys trying to make kids laugh. Nobody likes clowns anymore anyways. Bisbo. You don't even see them anyway. They're gone. Relic of the past. You don't see them until they're right behind you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No shit. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for Mortal Kombat and Willy's Wonderland. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Tubius Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find this show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at TwoViewsMovies, and you can always email us at TwoViewsMovies at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere you listen, you can subscribe to us. We will be back next week with a top five video game movies. We have a lot of research to do this week to kind of freshen up on maybe some ones that we've missed. I know uh, Sonic just arrived on Amazon Prime, so oh. probably have to give that one a shot. And uh, see, we were doing we're doing top five, and then oh, we have to do uh, Coming to America trailer because we will be covering that that comes out on Amazon here in just a couple of weeks, and then we get into some other stuff because. Uh, Snyder Cut's just around the corner. He couldn't resist. <laughs> nope. He couldn't resist mentioning it before. Nope. Just, wow. And just wow. Letting, the hate, letting the hate flow through me. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for this one. We will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.